is Shell Sorrow and this is Fire and Soul, a community where awakening leaders and truth seekers gather to unite in sovereignty in today's triggered world. Featuring courageous and compassionate conversations, Fire and Soul will help you reclaim sovereignty in life, love, and leadership. Let's listen, learn, and stand together as models for our new world, starting now. Welcome back to Fire and Soul. I'm so grateful that you are here. Beautiful, awakened angel, truth seeker, and change maker. That's who you are. You're a divine, magnificent being of light. And I know this about you because I know it about me. And when we can tune into that frequency and be in the present moment, we get to live consciously as we choose right here and right now. And it is glorious when we do. But of course, you know that I will always be your biggest advocate for really first sitting with the shadows, the pain, and the trauma that might get you stuck in the 3D of dystopia so that you can transmute that and transcend that as you learn how to embody the light that has been awaiting you all along. That, my friends, is the gateway to the 4 and 5D consciousness. However, here we are in the center. We get to choose, and you've chosen to tune into this show, which shows me who you really are and are meant to be from this moment forward. So, aho, my friends, you are in the right place. I want to read a recent review that I'm so honored by. And thank you, thank you, thank you for those of you who are sharing the podcast uh, with your friends and uh, community. The show has officially grown to 4X in its monthly downloads as of March 2022, ever since I decided to take a turn for uh, standing for the truth that I serve in my awakening journey back in September 21. So if you're new to the show, welcome. If you've been around a while, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this beautiful new earth that we are all co-creating together. So this review from Bridget S, CEO of Samson Coaching and Consulting, she says, Michelle's powerful voice, her compassion and strength, and the fact that she lives everything she teaches fully and wholeheartedly are what draws us all to her over and over. I can't get enough. Wow. Heart received, Bridget. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then before we dive into today's very special episode, um, I just want to give you some context of who this person is. He's in my soul tribe, Gary Ng. I have shared about him so many times over the past six or seven months in my awakening journey. And you know that the place that I have felt most myself, most embodied, most wholly aligned has been right here on fire and soul. And, you know, we met many, many years, not many, many years ago, about four years ago, or maybe, yeah, four years ago coming up uh, at a business mastery event by Tony Robbins in Las Vegas. Uh, Gary is based in Sydney, Australia. I've been here in Los Angeles, California. We connected. He was my senior leader and we just had an immediate connection and he helped me figure out how to grow my brand new coaching business 
And I believe truly that if it weren't for him, and of course, being in Tony Robbins' room, uh, there's no way that I would have tripled my business that had just started uh, back in the summer of 2018. By the end of that year, I hit my first six figures. I don't say those numbers to sound all braggy or anything. I just know that Gary was so incredibly helpful to me. He just wanted to be of service. He knew that I was hungry. He knew I had a desire to serve and he saw something in me that I had not awakened to yet because his awakening journey started right about that time. And we stayed friends. And I mean, almost every month for many, many months, he'd help me on monthly Zoom calls of learning how to compound my business, learn and embody and integrate some of the principles that I learned at Business Mastery. I mean, he was such a good friend, such a beautiful mentor to me. And along the journey, we've always stayed connected, but it was back in late August of 21 when we reconnected. I think I had shared something on social media about having my Telegram channel called The Awakened Collective, which you are more than welcome to come on over there and join us. Many of you have. And um, and so we reconnected there in a deeper way. And from that moment, I learned how conscious and awake he really was. And I was just waking up. So this was just soul food for me, right? Like a really safe, sacred place for me to be and to share. I was like a little tiny kid. Kid. And he's got three children. And he kept saying, you know, you remind me of just like this little girl who's awakening to all the wonders of life for the very first time. And, and then I would share moments where I was just like, you know, in tears and in so much fear fear and worry because of the programming that I didn't know how to get unstuck from. And maybe that's where you are and you're just at the beginning of your awakening journey and you're just learning how to walk and talk and be in the world again. Man, I totally get that. And if that is you, by the way, I encourage you to go back to the episodes of September and October and November because that's the potent medicine that I shared here on Fire and Soul as I was learning to be strong again, to feel safe safe again and to trust again. So Gary and I, we would leave each other, I mean, sometimes 10, 15, 20 minute voice clips on Telegram. I've got hours and hours and hours and hours in our sacred Telegram vault, saved and memorialized and him reflecting back and holding space. And I mean, to say that it was just like a hot, beautiful mess is, is like an understatement. And he just gave me so much grace to be in the unfoldment, to be in the emergence. And he was just such a beautiful, benevolent guide and friend and mentor and soul buddy. I love him with my whole heart. And so, of course, I had to bring him on this show. Um, I am so honored to share this conversation with you because he, along with two or three other people in my entire circle of friends, and I'm deeply blessed to have many uh, that, are, that have been in this awakening journey with me, but to what degree and how deep I could go and how conscious it really is has been really rare. And I'm sure you experience the same. So even if you have that one person in your life, cherish it, nourish it. Oh my God. And give deep heartfelt thanks for it because I think that's all we need. Just that one person to see us, to know us and to honor us. There were so many times when I would say to Jerry, to Carrie in our private 
telegram thread. You know, I think in this moment, Gary, you are the only person that fully knows me, that fully sees me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I would cry and cry and cry. And there were some days, you know, remember those days I mentioned that I didn't even know how to walk or talk or be or show up on social. I didn't know how to be on this mic on this podcast for over two full months. I barely drove my car and and I would share all of that sometimes late at night just with the crickets in the background as I would sit in the backyard and learning to gaze up at the moon and to trust and surrender for the first time ever to that degree. And then when I discovered my angels and my guides and my divine alliance, I got to share that with him. And like, he could just be with it. He could hold space for it. It was magical and still continues to be. He's one of my favorite souls that I have ever been honored and privileged to know. And I am just deeply, deeply blessed to be able to bring this conversation to you. Now, I also want to say that in this conversation, I didn't know where we were going to flow. And I didn't know that Gary was going to share one of the darkest nights of his experience of life so far. Hence the title of this uh, particular dose, you know, Awakening from the Dark Night of the Soul. I think that's the title. But what I know is I want to look at that title as playing with the word night and putting a K on it instead of it being N-I-G-H-T dark night of the soul. There was a beautiful, honorable warrior that was coming in, in the invisible form that helped Gary see something in the darkest night, maybe of his life, although it did happen during the day, but it's a metaphor, right? And if you are aware of that spiritual term, great. And if you're not, you can Google that and you can get a better idea of it. But this is when we feel like the pain and the suffering and the programming is so fucking unbearable that we don't know if we can prevail, even if you've already woken up, which is what happened with Gary. And so the way that he was able to process through that and to see the gifts and the glory and the love and the light and the magnificence of what was waiting for him without judging or condemning that experience, but looking at how it has grown him into his greatest yet to be in this now moment. This is a special one. Let me give you a brief bio on this man, but this just doesn't even encapsulate how I know him and how you will experience him. All right. Gary Ng, serial entrepreneur and self-made millionaire who founded the award-winning agency eWeb Marketing that has been consistently ranked as the fastest growing business and the best place to work in Australia. Gary had everything in life according to modern standards, multi-million dollar business with 50 plus employees, a wife, kids, praise, etc. But none of that could, could prepare him for the trials and triggers of life. After a dark night of the soul, Gary discusses his spiritual awakening and the deep rabbit hole that lies ahead with so much possibility for ascension, my friends. I'll leave Gary's resources in the show notes. You are going to enjoy this conversation. And just a little word of caution. If you have children in your car, even as old as teens, you might want to wait until you have some privacy on this one because it does hit a very deep, dark spot. 
but it's necessary because that kind of pain is what I know every single one of us experiences at least some of the time or at the very minimum once. I know I have several times and there is a way out. You are not alone and you are so very loved, my friend. Please enjoy this special dose with my dear, dear soul buddy, Gary Ng. Well, my friend, my soul brother, my teacher, my, I mean, how do I even encapsulate who you are and what you mean to me, Gary? I'm so excited to bring you to the show. Welcome to Fire and Soul. Thank you for having me. It's, a, it's such an honor to, to be on this show with other fellow awakening souls. Um, in this journey of like very chaotic things that's happening on our external world and and often our internal world is is being ruffled up um, based on what's happening around us and to have a kindred spirit or soul that's that can walk alongside of you mm. even though there's still a lot of um turbulence that's going on inside but knowing someone understand or hear about you or or just when you share, they are on the same wavelength. It's pretty special. And my relationship with you, like it's for me, it's, it's like a medicine for the soul. And I think to, to you, your tribe is a greater extent of that as well. When you're sharing with them, it's like just the presence of, of listening to your podcast, it, it fires you up. <laughs> <laughs> you for that you know there are a lot of nuggets that i i'm pretty sure i will weave in about what you've meant to me not only since we met in 2018 at tony robbins business mastery and right away you were an angel to me and really helped me understand the beginning 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 stages of my business and we've stayed friends but it was in this past eight nine months where i was really awakening and that's when our friendship became super deep and I would put you at the top of my three-person soul tribe, um, really there for me and witnessing every nuance of the interior, the exterior, the move, the shift in this podcast. And I wanted to share something speaking to the fire that you helped me actually flame. Um, when I was first taking a stand for the truth that I knew I was here to serve, it happened here on my podcast. It was the only place that I was beginning to speak freely. And I remember judging myself. And a lot of people know from listening to the show that I would second guess certain episodes like sovereignty or this or from fear to light or like, oh shit, I can't believe I've done that. And, um, and you would always listen and then share back to me, you know, I love what you're doing, Michelle, because right where you are on your journey, that's your community. They're right there with you, right? Or maybe just waking up alongside you. And I was like, but it feels so, it felt like, I, I feel like I should have been better or more evolved in my awakening journey. And you're like, but that's the whole point where you are right now, just simply be there and just share authentically and, and just know that it's the right I don't know if you use the word medicine then I, I use that term a lot nowadays, but it's going to land. It's going to resonate exactly where your community needs it. And you really help me give myself permission to fully be. And, uh, and now it's expanding beyond the podcast, but I just wanted to thank you because if I, I one day I'm going to write a book, you watch, 
and I'm going to use our telegram messages because you're in Sydney, Australia. I'm here in Los Angeles, US. And, and we have like hours and hours and hours of, of voice clips back and forth and sharing music and poems and, and uh, speeches by Ramdas. And I mean, it's been this journey. And I'm like, that is a whole book of the awakening you know, experience of mine that I know I'm not alone in. And so I just want everyone to know how truly special it is that you're here, that we're at this stage in the process, whatever that might be, it's a metamorphosis. And uh, so many times I've shared about you on this podcast. And so for you to be here now, not only is it a testament to our friendship and our connection, but uh, it's also a really special gift to the listeners who have been magnetized to this show. And a lot of that is because I have stepped into the sovereignty that you helped me see was okay, messy and unsure and uncertain and you know, a hot mess for most of it, which how does anyone know how to be when you're waking up from one reality into a new one, much less how to show up, you know, in conversations, in friendships, in life as an entrepreneur. And that's what I think um, a lot of this conversation might lend itself to is you've got a podcast that's beautiful and potent called the Awakening Entrepreneur Podcast. And we'll leave the link in the show notes, but we were talking about that recently. How do we really show up in life, in business, in leadership once you've awakened beyond the veil? And, and now it's like, you know, knowing that the realities are both, there's this polarity, but dancing in the middle so that we stay united. What's been your experience in your awakening journey of how to navigate? And if you want, maybe go back to the beginning of your awakening. Wow, thank you. I just want to comment on that. Um, I'm a parent and I've got three kids. And if I wanted to model a style of parenting, like how do I raise my kids? Just watching you talk about what you just shared, which is just being authentically you. Is that the most important thing that we could teach our kids of just mm. being us? Because very often, what do we teach our kids? You have to be successful. You need to you need to be uh, disciplined, you need to be kind, you need to be all these things, but you're not allowed to be angry, you're not allowed to be frustrated, you're not, there's a lot of different parts of you that, that you've been taught to disown. And not saying that you should indulge in being like frustration and stress and anger, but if you feel anger is part of the beautiful emotion that gives you the flavor of life, if there's no, no bad, there can be no good. If there's no cold, there can never be hot. There could be no flavors. Imagine your whole life just eating bread, plain bread, or just drinking your water and eating plain bread your whole life. Not that there's anything wrong, but we came here in this duality world to experience flavors of life. So it's so beautiful that you have the courage and the ownership of who you truly are and to to lead the way to express yourself to your tribe, to the wider community, that this is authentically me, even though it may not sound sexy or successful or as awesome as what your old ego self perceived you to be, but I'm going to show up the way that I'm feeling called to be myself. 
Mm -hmm. Thank you for that acknowledgement. Oh, yes, for sure. It has been a deconstructing on every single level. I still don't even know what it means. You and I were talking before I hit record and, and you said, how was your weekend? And I'm like, oh, full surrender. Grief and rage and tenderness and grace. You know, and I just keep being told like, you're doing the work. You're doing the work, keep going, you know? And I, and I don't know how to make sense of any of it yet, but it's because I'm still trying to adapt in a new reality from an old paradigm. And it's like, yeah, it's because everything you're creating and generating and being is all completely unknown. But this feels so aligned and it feels so right. And it's actually, it's that feeling of you just want to bow in reverence. You just want to just cry in gratitude for the divine intelligence guiding you to truth. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And just trusting that somehow, some way the universe will provide, you know, that it's all going to be okay, even though there's absolutely no sign or guarantee. But is there ever in life, you brought my attention to this recently, you're like, there's no guarantee on any kind of future. All we have is this now moment. So let's live, let's be, let's love. And I love how you've even encouraged me to not judge even what's happening in the world in this 3D duality. It's like, isn't it perfect, Michelle? Isn't it just so divinely orchestrated? And it used to infuriate me. I'm like, Gary, I want you to be upset about what's going on. You're in Sydney, for God's sakes. And you're like, but it's just so perfect. <laughs> and I was like, this is why you're my teacher and you're my friend and you're my soul buddy. You know, because yeah, that's true. There's a lot to unpack there because there, there are a lot of moments that I go, WTF, like, <laughs> this, this is not cool. Um, and, and I'm infuriated with what's going on. And it, it's hard to, I don't want to, like, go back into history to where it started, but definitely, like, the lockdown and different things, it, it helps to it helped to really like force me to go further inwards to transcend what's happening around me. And every time that I have another wave or another tsunami of emotions of WTF moments that came up, I have to find new ways or, or deepen my practice on how to actually transcend those um, situations, whether it's through just my breath work or as Byron Katie talks about doing the work, it's if you argue with reality, you're going to be wrong 100% of the time. Reality, it is what it is. Like if a plant grows a certain shape and the leaf has a certain shape and it comes out of certain fruits, who are you to argue that that fruit shouldn't come out or that fruit shouldn't be in that color? That, sh that leaf should be in, the, in a circular shape, not a, not a triangular shape or leaf shape. Who are you to argue the world has been around, the universe has been around billions of years at least? Who are we to say that we have a great intelligence on how the plant should or should not be? Who are we to say that the world around us and the situation that's happening around us, we have more intelligence that it should be a certain way when we've only been here for less than 100 years as in like you and I. So it just... It just really humbles us at times when you can experience the great intelligence. And I think um, 
I've shared with you like some of my journey on on plant medicine and DMT. When you can get a taste, even if it's a very, very small glimpse of what you can experience in that state. And you can hypothesize what if what if that is not that is just you hallucinating you go on, on a trip a little fantasy land within your own head or whatever i don't think the people listening on this podcast will think that but what if there's no universe you're not connecting to your high consciousness you're just in your own head you're having like a, a nice dream right even if that is the case when you can see the the capability of our head what we could imagine what we can fantasize as a world that despite the chaos out there, when you are in the altered state of consciousness, you only see beauty. You only experience beauty. You only experience the intelligent. Wow. The leaves are all like communicating to me, like the clouds are moving a certain way and everything is just, it's just magnificent in the, the creation. And how, how, incredible not god as in some external entity but how incredible me as the co-creator of this universe as part of the whole creation that i'm able to create all this and yeah the water goes on the the virus the villains that that's around i'm glad that somebody volunteered to be the villain so that i can be the good guys Remember like in primary school or in the, in the school, school, school yard, you play like good cop, bad cops. Somebody needed to, to be the volunteer to, pay to play the bad cop. Even when I was like watching Transformers, like when I was young, somebody needed to be the bad guy. And when we got the toys at home, my brother had to volunteer to be the bad guy. Otherwise, we can't role play and, and fight with the Transformer. And... <laughs> We, we're drawn to that because we, we came here to 3D to experience including, including conflicts. That's part of our experience. So, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I, I didn't arrive at the moment of, hey, everything is beautiful, everything is great. And believe me, there are still moments that I get triggered by, but with each moment of awareness, that's the key, awareness you then have a choice. Do I want to go down a path of anxiety, stress, and, and whatever negative emotions? And if you do it in that moment, that's also perfect as well. Feel the pain, feel the charge, feel whatever that needs to be felt. But the moments that you're sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, then you can choose. Just uh, one conscious breath it can bring you back to awareness and to the path of the presence. And if one is not enough, take a second one. It is, uh, is for free. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, um, I love what you said and thank you for sharing that because I know for sure that you definitely have your moments of getting activated and, but the way that I witness you, because you share so authentically with me and vulnerably with me, which I'm very privileged to have that, but thank goodness you're also really extending that uh, openness here today for my community to know too, they're not alone. Um, like we're not just gonna like one day have no triggers, like that's the gift, those are the catalysts. I remember early on in my journey um, sharing with you so uh, regularly 
on Telegram. And you were like celebrating the catalyst for my growth, you know, because I was, it was like bombs going off every day. Like I couldn't trust myself. I was questioning everything. I was in full on PTSD for months. I didn't drive my car for months. I couldn't socialize. And you were like, how wonderful. <laughs> I was just like, Gary, this is so hard. And you're like, these are catalysts for clarity for growth, for transformation. I'll never forget it. And so now I look at all of that. You say the colors, right? The different dynamics way in which we get to experience life, the gratitude for the quote, bad guys. And there's no bad guy. Everything was a soul contract, according to what I believe. And I know you subscribe to as well Is like, this has to be played out in this 3D, you know, earth so that we have an opportunity to evolve as a humanity, as our own collective consciousness. But is there a moment where it crystallized for you, like the world you thought was one way and did you have a waking up moment or was it more gradual? And if, and if you could share what that experience was like, that'd be wonderful. Well, um, so there, <laughs> there, are, there are a few significant events and even though it's gradual, but it feels like it's a, is very exponential. It didn't happen just woo, slowly, just whoa. Like <laughs> I, I recall the, the peak of it. I had a personal assistant that, that came into my um, home office every, every day. And I'm um, just out of courtesy. She just asked, how are you? And I would just unleash oh my God, like I, I feel like I just completely changed and in the last like 24 hours, I learned so much about the Illuminati and, and what's going on around the world and do you know this and that? And I would just like verbally like diarrhea on her and, and like I would be <laughs> listening to, to YouTube videos or audio books or whatever, two speed, three, three speed, five speed. And sometimes I will listen to two videos or, or two audio stream at the same time. And one is going at 16 speed, one is going at two or three speed. And it's just like, and while reading, it's just like, when I'm sleeping at night, I'll have audio playing. Like I can't stop learning like this stuff. Like I'm, I'm in my diapers right now. What the hell is happening to this world? I thought I knew. Um, and it started, when did it start? In the macro concept, I can't remember when it started, but I think for me, the physical sensation started. I was a seeker in personal development. I started personal development when I was like 14 and I'm 44 now. So for 30 odd years of my life, and I've traveled around the world with, with some of the biggest leaders out there, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. And those teachers taught me a lot, but after learning all these skills, in certain um, uh, uh, weak points that I have, or or, or the the points that tends to trigger my ego, like I recognize that no matter what skills that I I bring onto my tool belt, if I'm unconscious in that moment, and I just react instead of responding by using some of my tools then it doesn't matter how many more skills I learn or how much deeper that I practice the skills I already have. I needed awareness. Mm. And I'm sure you listen and have those moments that sometimes we just, we just react. If someone 
hits you in the face, whether physically or with their words, sometimes you just automatic reaction and swing back, right? And so I realized I needed to become more conscious, mm. especially in the, in the moments that it counts. And one of the practices I've learned from an Indian um, teacher, a guru of mine, she said that if you meditate in the middle part of your brain, like the middle part of your head is called the mid prefrontal cortex. That's the calm part of your mind versus like the reptilian brain or the frontal cortex, the thinking brain. This is the mid prefrontal cortex. And I didn't know anything about it. That's a three minute meditation she teaches that if you're feeling charged, just do that practice for three minutes and you're going to be like Zen, like all calm. And, and we've done that in, during the, the, the course and it did work. Despite me thinking about the, 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 the moment that it charged me after doing that for just three minutes, it's like, wow, it's almost like waking up in the morning. You just feel refreshed and reset. And so as an achiever, what do you do? Like you practice not just once a day, you practice multiple times a day. And not just practicing three minutes as an achiever, you practice like five minutes for 10 minutes. And I started <laughs> practicing like when I'm driving, when I'm sitting. And before long, I started having this like bulging energy, like boom, 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 like in my head. And it's not a headache. And it started like whenever I'm practicing that meditation or focusing in the middle of my head. But then before long, it started expanding to even when I'm not meditating, when I'm talking, when I'm, when I'm driving, when I'm eating, like the energy would just come on. And to a point that like my head, how my, my eyebrows raise up, that's what it looks like on external, like when it's on. And mm -hmm. right now I'm putting it on and I'm not just raising my eyebrow. I can feel like energy in my head as I'm focusing in my head. So, wow. Like, and to the point it's almost like, it's like, I'm talking to an Indian guide it feels like it's going to be so intense. It's almost like that the head is about to explode. And what do the Indian guide tells me? It's okay, Gary. Just, mm -hmm. just be with it. Mm -hmm. And being brought up in the Western world, everything is about logic. I can't just be with it. What's that about? And at that point in time, I didn't learn about like talking to internal self. It's still very like, yeah, mental game for me. Okay, and what do an intellectual guide do? Like they jump on Google. <laughs> they jump on Google to say, bulging energy in the head, meditating <laughs> to look for answers. And after going through pages and pages, and finally I came across a forum that talks about the symptom, the same symptoms I'm having. And mm. they called it Kundalini Awakening. And then eventually <laughs> another person talked about spiritual awakening. Mm. And prior to that forum, I've never heard of the term Kundalini awakening. In fact, mm. the word awakening is completely foreign to me. Spiritual mm. awakening and not a completely foreign term. Mm. So that was kind of the start of me like on this journey. And subsequently on that journey, I've been shown different things. I've got a lot of downloads, a lot of things that I never wanted to learn, like UFO aliens and a lot of the, how the banking cartels works and the powers behind it and who's actually behind the, the even more powerful than, than the, the president. A lot of the things that would be regarded as conspiracy theorists. Well, I had no interest to learn, absolutely no interest, but it just got me down to the rabbit hole and even mm -hmm. learning about the child trafficking, the satanic rituals, like 
all the underground stuff is like it got so ugly like michelle that do mm. i really if this is the reality do i really want to know that and part mm. of me is like i love uncertainty i love learning new things but even that for me it got so intense it's like wow it's hard for me to take it all in mm-hmm. and within all that my relationship which is which has been my my greatest teacher for a big part of my life it has another of this emotional tsunami and it felt like no matter what i did as an achiever as someone that wanted to do things to to work on the the relationship in stuff just be my authentic self i wanted to to do more to so that i could i could make it better i could fix things i can using my action to control my reality in including controlling my relationship and there was one disagreement over like all of our fights is over nothing like in terms of like world hunger like running out of money or it's just not over like like first world problem stuff mm-hmm. and i just thought man and, and i started started already like going to this uh, spiritual journey and learning about life and beyond just just the physical self and this argument is is so intense i thought maybe my time if if life is so difficult maybe my time is up mm. maybe i don't i don't need to be here anymore mm. and um i i just got out of my car and just ran to the the, the second floor of my um, of my house and climbed out the balcony and contemplated in in jumping and killing myself and i i was conscious enough to know that hey i've got three kids and 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 other people that love and care about you this is a big decision gary are you sure this is the right one mm-hmm. and so i make sure that i'm i'm breathing and i'm i'm being as calm as possible how do you know is is the right time and it's a, again it's a big decision how do you know and the conclusion i came up with after standing there for a few minutes i really don't know but a, a brilliant idea at the time i thought it was a brilliant idea came to me what if there's a little um thing on the side like a a porch on top of the porch you can hang on to that and if you f- if you can get back up maybe it's not your time <laughs> but if you can't get up maybe it's your time to go so mm. i thought okay let's let's let the universe decide i'm not mm. clever enough to know um, i was conscious though i i enough that if i ever fall i, I don't want to be like half dead i want to be like if i'm gone i'm gone yeah and anyway i, I is in hindsight it's not the most well thought out um but i i won't jump to the end so i i went to climb like hang on to that thing for maybe a minute and after and you can see i'm pretty is is well you can't see but i'm not the most like i'm i'm not going to the gym like five days a week so i'm not like the rock or or Dwayne Johnson um in 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 my physique uh, 
I'm, I'm lean. So I hang on there for like on the ledge, like for using both my, my arms, like for a minute and I fatigue start to kick in and I'm thinking, Oh, okay. Well, let's try to get back up. It's, it's enough. And as I try to pull myself up, kind of like a pull up and chin up, I realize that, Hey, you know what? I don't have enough strength to get myself up. Holy crap. Maybe this is it. And as I hang on for maybe another 20 seconds, I saw there was an adjacent wall connecting to it. Maybe I could swing my body, swing my legs up to use the wall as leverage to climb up. And as I swung my body, one of my, my right leg was able to get on the wall and, and maneuver its way onto the, 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 the top of the porch. And it's like, I got two arms hanging on and I got one of my leg up as well. I thought, oh, wow, cool. So it's not my time. I can get up now. But as it turned out, for maybe another minute, trying to pull myself up and starting to get scratches on my arms and my body, I still couldn't get myself up. And eventually my legs like gave way and, and yeah, back to my two arms. And I thought, you know what? Maybe it is my time. And at that time, the song came through me. Hallelujah. 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 And I don't normally listen to that song. I didn't remember when's the last time I listened to that song. And it just came. And maybe a few more seconds later, my hands gave way and, and I fell. And within just the next moment, I worked out, wow, I'm still alive. What happened is the fall wasn't significant enough. I landed on my feet and yeah, like, uh, and I was able to crawl or hop my, just using one feet and hop my way back into the house. And what's funny enough and interesting enough, like that day I was cleaning out my bookshelf, which um, looking at books I haven't read for quite some time. And, um, and I found out that I've got, that day I was cleaning out and I put out two books. One was um, The Journey of the Soul. And prior to that, like I never read any spiritual books or that I could recall. Yes, I've listened to like Conversation with God and, and some of the Miriam Williams um, type of books and Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. But I, I was listening to those books almost in a personal development context. It wasn't like, hey, I'm a spiritual being living in having a human experiences. So having all these, th that, that one book, another book was Amazing Grace. And it was mm -hmm. about the story of how the song came to be. And, and mm -hmm. so when I got back up, I immediately like looked for answers. My, my wife asked me, like, what's really going on? Like, I'm worried, I'm concerned. I said, I don't know, but I, I needed answers. That's why I, I, I told her I needed to at least have 24 hours to digest what happened. And from that night, I just searched and searched. Um, with the song Hallelujah, when I looked up the lyrics, I started playing that song. When I looked up the lyrics, and by the way, when I listen to song, I don't tend to listen to lyrics. And I just know that that's the rhythm of the song. But looking at the lyrics, 
it's like, oh my gosh, that song described exactly how I feel. Like every single word, every single paragraph, it's a, uh, it talks about like a, a king, like your faith is strong, but you need it proof. My faith, there was a, there was a greater power beyond me. It was, was there, but it, it was strong. And you're like, I'm this king. Like I'm, and, and back then, like I, and even now, like my business has been relatively successful. It's won a whole heap of, of awards and accolades. And I, around the people around me, like I'm considered like the 1%. And so I'm like this king, I've done it all. But then this lady, she set you down and, and cut your hair. It's almost like dethroning you. You are nobody. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's like, wow, it's equivalent of like ego death. Like, who am I? And just the, the divineness of having that song popped into my head, it was by no, no fluke, especially I don't, have that song in my head at all and in that moment it came to me it's like the greatest source i i understand you mm. i know and then reading the book um amazing grace is a very powerful story and it's like wow it's very touching and, and for that moment so what i was going through and i was listening to the songs throughout that night and then reading the journey of the soul while i was um, in hospital like ch checking out on my um on my uh, fracture you know, i had a fractured ankle as it ends ends up and yeah like it, it it talks about that the the soul journey and that suicide is never predestined suicide is always free will so at that point in time i i made a decision i'm never gonna just just take my own life because it's not predestined um and and i learned about karmic karmic um, cycles i've learned about numerology i learned about a whole heap of other things these seemingly like um really bad event that happened in my life like to me like today i would say it's, it's one of my greatest gifts it really catapulted me to to seek a lot more to understand a lot more and and see the grace behind what happened it allowed me to practice self-heal people i'm um, the doctor saying that i need to be on um on the cast for three months or something like that like after coming back from the hospital within one day i cut off my cast because you know what like this is what a great opportunity for me to practice self-heal i always wanted like something more significant than the back pain for me to practice and um, yeah, within a week, I started walking when I went back to the doctor's office and the doctor says, where's your cast? And you can hear them whispering amongst the different specialists are talking. You need to have a stone word with him to make sure it doesn't cut off his cast again. But to me, it's like, you know what? Like I'm on my way of, of self-recovery and it did heal like much faster than um, otherwise. So yeah, so many gifts, but that's pretty much just the start. But it comes, it comes in waves. It comes in waves. <laughs> there are numerous waves and tsunami I can describe to you. But with each tsunami, tsunami, there's, there's additional lessons 
additional things that help me to go on this path of remembrance of who I truly am and who we truly are and to become more loving, to be less judgmental, to shed more of a, more of the ego self that I've been so accustomed to thinking that the whole world is about my ego and, and the experience I go through. Now, yeah, the ego is serve a beautiful purpose, but mm. I am also way beyond that as well. Mm. Wow. Thank you for sharing. I was not aware of that story. <laughs> and... As you acknowledge my bravery and my courage over and over again, I just want to acknowledge yours. I don't think you think of it that way because it was just part of your life's experience and you can see the gifts in that moment. And I'm guessing now you can let me know if, if this resonates, but with suicide and mental illness and prescription taking and alcohol consumption and with everything just on an exponential rise by in the 500 to 700% right now, and especially with young people uh, taking their lives because what's happening in the world is so intense. And the fear and the anxiety and the uncertainty and the isolation and the, do I even matter? Is this really all worth it? That vibration is truly potent right now. And I think a lot of souls are exiting on purpose because it's it has been unbearable. So on the one hand, I feel really grateful that you've shed light on what is an easy thing to get caught up in. And so the gift in you hearing lyrics to one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard myself too. And I love so many different versions of it. Um, and I know you, you don't listen to lyrics. You've always said to me, I just hear energy and vibration or music, but I don't really hear lyrics, but that you heard the one lyric over and over and over again, and you didn't even know the other lyrics, <laughs> that was divine intervention. And I also love what you shared about how suicide is free will. I've heard recently because as of this past week, I started having for one day, some of those thoughts as well. It's just like, this is all so hard. This is all just the grief and the rage. And it's just like, and feel so all consuming. And then thank God I came across something online, maybe, maybe not unlike you hearing hallelujah. Um, and it talked about how suicide is the worst way to go for a soul's evolution. Because the moment that you pass through the physical realm, you are shown how beautiful and perfect your life was. Yeah. We get so caught up in the contrast or the comparing or what we think it should be or that we should be further along. It's kind of like me judging my awakening journey. I should be further along. I should be more evolved and I should be more eloquent at the types of things that I share. And you're like, uh, you're not there yet. <laughs> you know, yeah. so honor where you are, pay reverence to where you are. May I ask when that happened for you? Was it a few years back? Was it, I mean, when did that happen? Yeah, it happened a few years ago. And that's pretty much like towards the start of my awakening journey. Um, and it was a big moment. And, and get and this. When was that? 
Uh, I don't know exact years, but if I was to guess, probably like three or four years ago. Yeah. Would I have met you then? I don't know. Yeah, I, I really don't know. It's, it's, I have to look it up. Um, but it's definitely at the beginning of my awakening journey, just together with the, the meditating, the pulsating, because I remember like um, another miracle that I kind of see is that I started learning about we all got spirit sky. And obviously you've uh, tapped into a lot more about angels and spirits guy, but at that night, um, not long after the suicide attempt, I, yeah, I, I find out that we all got spirits guy and, and again, Asian, like you want to like get free stuff. Like, so it's free. Like you can ask it for help and it doesn't cost you a single dime. This is amazing. Okay. Let me try this out. So before I went to sleep, uh, give me guidance and and i just went to sleep at around like four o'clock or three thirty in the morning i wake up and then two names popped in my head again these are two people that i don't think about i don't have wet dreams over um i don't have the phone number i've never even messaged them one-on-one -on -one. these are people that within the group settings that i i know or kind of know I've never had one-on-one -on -one conversations with either of them, but those two people came up. So I reached out to, to both of them um, at, at that moment, around three, three or four in the morning. Hey, I, it may sound a bit strange, but I found out about Spirit's Guide and uh, I'm going through this like spiritual awakening. Or I, I asked Spirit's Guides for help and guidance and somehow your name came up. And so I'm going through this spiritual awakening. Do you know anything about spiritual awakening? Because back then in my life, I'm still very raw. I, I haven't found my tribe yet. I, I don't even know anyone else that really knows about spiritual awakening except for one or two gurus out there that teach us on stage. And, and um, sure, like, like both of them responded. But one of them was in Australia, which is more my time zone. And he said, yeah, let's have a call. I'll do a call for you. And before our call, I actually went on to his website and I found out he teaches spiritual awakening for entrepreneurs. Wow. So, oh wow. my goodness. Like, how, <laughs> how do you, like, that's crazy. Like, mm -hmm. how do you connect me to such a person? I had, like, I've got more than 5,000 friends on Facebook and, and different networks. And I, if you ask me to pick one, I would know, I have no idea who would be teaching such a thing. And it connected to this person I've never had conversations with and, and yet it's in my circle. So, um, and, and we had the first conversation and he started like alluding, sent me a, a few videos to watch. One of them was um, about dark night of the soul. Prior to that, I've never heard of that term at all. Wow. And I, another book is by, um, I think, Stephen Cotter, um, Stealing Fire. is about like altered state of consciousness, including a lot of various like plant medicines. Mm -hmm. So he opened the gates to that. Another one, it was about ayahuasca as well, um, about um, Michelle Rodriguez, the, the, the person in the, the movie uh, Fast and the Furious and, and how her boyfriend and, and, and actor like Paul um, died in, in the, in the yeah, and, and she was grieving over it and ayahuasca helped her with that. So that opened my world to ayahuasca as well. But mm -hmm. it's like, 
like all these things help me to put a framework around it, especially again, like being very intellectual, like what am I going through? What are the stages and how do I process it? When I know that I'm not the, the weird one, the strange one, the crazy one that's going through this, I, I start to understand, wow, so that's a certain process. It's like, well, what I relate to is like building a business. If you haven't studied any business school or, or learned from any mentors, you think that every single business um, challenge you're going through is, is unique to your situation or your relationship. Same thing as well. If you have a certain fights, if you haven't learned about certain framework, you think it's unique to your relationship. But when you study certain framework, you understand that, yeah, every relationship, every business is different but it falls within a certain framework, same as awakening as well, mm. that it all falls within a certain framework. And the reason that we needed these difficult circumstances to wake us up is if you're lying on the beach and let's just say Barbara or the Maldives and, and you've got a coconut on your hand and you're enjoying the sun, you're looking in the turquoise water and you enjoy listening to, to the sea see uh, see uh, see w uh, waves and the ocean and and everything else why would you wake up you wouldn't even want to move you're so comfortable mm -hmm. but if there's an alarm bell started or a siren started going on or you start hearing gunshot you say you know what i'm comfortable I, I love the coconut but i need to get up what's going on so we needed those crises to wake us up beyond mm -hmm. our, our our 3d life beyond our five senses that it's time for us to wake up. It's mm. time for us to remember. It's time for us to start to walk home. Mm. Humanity is hanging from the ledge of your second balcony right now. Yeah. And we are all being invited to make a decision. And it's going to be different for everybody. You know, some people feel called to speak about it on podcast or digital warriors online or writing books or making documentaries and and others want to just pretend it's not happening and even though they're fully awake they're just business as usual just perform 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 it's all about the money and the labels and the status and the hierarchy and the who's who-ness of the old paradigm where it was a lot about me and not about others and yet here we are in a community of truth seekers and visionaries and awakened souls who tune into this show. At the very minimum, you've shed light on what I know so many of us feel. And we are at a tipping point. And the truth is, is I have faith. I really do have an unwavering faith in humanity's ability to prevail. But I can't tell you what the outcome is going to be because I'm not responsible for all of humanity. And it's going to be fascinating to see how it goes. And so my job right now is to not judge the process, to not judge the unfolding that in moments feels so fucking unbearable and painful and rageful for me. And so frustrating, like it's just like, how could people do this to other humans? And it's like Byron Katie, the definition of insanity is arguing with what is. This is our reality. But yet you chose because your divine guidance allowed you to hear the lyric, to finally just drop, not knowing what that outcome would be, but to trusting and surrendering in that. 
And then you took it upon yourself to then start to go explore some of the, 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 you know, the doors that were being opened. I mean, the friend out of thousands that came to mind that you don't talk to in the middle of the night and that he was teaching the awakening journey for entrepreneurs, which is all you ever knew, how to make money, how to be successful, how to, you know, be in the top of the 1% of the 1%, let's be honest, right? So he had all the success in the world, but this utter sense of, do I belong? Does it really matter? Do I really want to go through life with this much pain? And yet here we are, it's even amplified and multiplied in its intensity in the darkness that's being revealed. And my experience of knowing you so intimately in these past eight, nine months on my journey of awakening is you've just stood strong in the light. You've stood unwavering if, even when I was worried that like we would literally be hunted down and jabbed, right? Like remember those days when I was like, Gary, like they might come through LA and like military and compulsory jabs. And you're like, yeah, they might do that here in Sydney as well. And if they do, they do. And if they don't, they don't. And if I'm forced to get the jab, so be it. I'm not going to argue with what is anymore. How has that served you, my friend, since you've had the beginning of your awakening? Yeah, I think um, I'll address two, two points that you, um, you've touched on. One is, why is this so hard for us? In my experiences, um, for different forms of like being in the altered state of consciousness, and also like different people that um, did the profile reading for me, I've got a chance to experience life beyond just in the human existence. And in my earlier life, like before I came down to earth, it's I'm just a light being. And I think why all of us struggle so much is that. When we're in the light being, we all work as one. It's only harmony. There's only love. There's only care and compassion. There isn't, there isn't a separateness. So when we came here and the separation and there's all this ugliness, it's like, I'm not used to this. Maybe even in being in a hot tub, like a hot tub can be comfortable, but the first time you dip your toe in it, whoa, it's so hot. It doesn't feel nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is normal to feel triggered by a lot of things around us, especially in the, in the awakening journey, because it's almost like you dip your foot into the hot tub. You say, I, I don't feel comfortable here. But the ones that's been here for many lifetimes, they become more and more comfortable that they seem to navigate it better. But when it's awakening, you almost are reversing, rewinding the whole process to you touching the hot tub again. Whoa, it's hot. And it's like, well, maybe I'll, but instead of jumping in this time, I want to get out. I want to start to go home. And so you're trying to pull yourself out and it's still, it's hot. But that hotness, that dark stuff is helping the, the, the dark stuff, the shadow stuff is helping to push out the lights, is helping to push you towards the lights. Mm-hmm. And so when you've had more of an experience from that other reality, you start to go, you know what? Life on the other side is so beautiful. Mm. But you also can feel the infinite nature of the other side where time is not limited. And so I will have plenty of time to be in the other place of love and intelligence and everything else, all the the euphoric feeling that comes with it. 
but I have limited time in this lifetime to be here in the five senses world. Let's, let's take advantage of that. It's almost like whether you go on an amusement park or go on a roller coaster, it may be scary, but it's only going to last for a minute. Let's just be in the moment or go on a, a horror ride or watch a scary movie. It's only going to be a short movie. Even if you watch the Titanic, it's going to be sad, but it's only going to be a moment. And it's gone. Savor that moment. Just like when you're having a nice meal, savor that bite. Savor every moment of, of moments that you have awareness to. And before you know it, it's gone. Even if you're sad, if you fully focus on it, you're not going to be sad, at least at the same intensity for a very prolonged period. There will be a higher sadness and lower sadness. Focus on it, and the more you focus on, on it, the more that you see the energy start to dissipate. But the more you resist, the more it will start to persist. So when you can see life as a game mm. that we just came into experience, there's no right or wrong. Mm. Everything is just an experience. You start to take life more less seriously. Mm. That so what if I die? Mm. What if people die? Not that I want to wish anyone to die, but they go to a beautiful place. Wow. Like, and in many cultures, like in India, for example, in Fiji or New Zealand, as an example, a big part of the culture, they celebrate when someone passed away. Yeah, yeah there will be parts of our human emotions that we get attached and we miss our loved ones or people we care about or, or just humanity we care about. But it's like, Mourning over a mango falling off the tree is part of the evolution of life. It's part of life cycle. Who are we to say, the mango that I named Adam, Adam, you shouldn't fall off the tree. I fell in love with you, Adam. You're going to perish now. You're going to rot before I know it. Adam, mm. maybe I should put some sticky tape around so you don't <laughs> fall off the tree. And I want to... Yeah, and I don't want your color to, to turn, so I'm going to paint you yellow on the exterior so you don't change. Mm. But change mm. is part of the, the evolution. Mm. All we can do is just give more love to the, to the mango before mm. it falls and after it falls and mm. just love it for what it is, not mm. because of what it used to be and what we have in our mind that it needs to be in order for us to love it. When they start to rot and have mold over it, I don't love you anymore. <laughs> not saying that we have to like rub the mold over our face or eat the mold, but love it for what it is. Mm. And the metaphor in this scenario is it's life. And then it's our experience within this life. It's almost like I'm feeling, I'm feeling a summary of this conversation emerge as life or death in 3D. You know, we get to choose. We get to choose. And I love how you brought up that all of this darkness that's coming to the surface with this mass awakening that's seeing it. Like, first of all, how incredible is that? And I told you about a week and a half ago how much my awakening has cost me, right? Money, business, friendships, partnerships, status, all the other stuff. 
But I also shared with you with tears just streaming down my face. There was one of my late night telegram messages to you that I wouldn't change it for anything. I, would, I can't go back to sleep, but I wouldn't go back to sleep. And when we face mortality, like as a human, and we know what's on the other side of the veil, you, got, you can have no fear over that state of awareness. And that's what you actually helped me to see and then integrate and then embody early into us sharing. You know, um, our, our telegram channel is very sacred. It's kind of like our diary, right? Back and forth. Like we feel home when we share. You've shared that with me. I've shared that with you. But when you were first sharing some of this stuff, oh, I did not like it. I didn't like it at all. Don't say that, Gary. No, because it felt like a giving up or it felt like a giving in. And then I realized the power of surrender, the divinity of surrender, as if we have any control over any of it, <laughs> except our free will. And I was like, all right, then if I'm going to do this wide awake and everything is shifting, everything about my identity and my past and my personality and what I thought I was here to do and what I'd learned the master mindset in Tony Robbins' rooms and all these things I was so proud of having built. It was like, fuck, it's, I'm in it. It's, it's all deconstructing. I have to start from scratch. And yet there is a power in that. It's a co-creation that you just talked about. And so do I get another year on the planet? Do I get another multiple decades? I don't know yet. But what I know is my free will is choosing to be, to stand, to serve, to give, to love, and to really live. I didn't live last year and I didn't really live the year before. I was just drinking too much alcohol, but now it's like live love in the moments where I'm triggered and activated. How quickly can I get sane and conscious to, Ooh, do I want this running through my nervous system or do I want to come back to peace? And you talk about that all the time at a dinner table with your kids and maybe your wife's fighting with them or you're fighting with her or whatever it might be. It's like holding space. You know, it's like, ah, not judging anything. And when we can do that within our own souls, and then we can do that within our own immediate families, and you've really helped me see this with my, my family especially, then we can start to look at the outer macro reality. And it's like, okay, how can I remain steady and calm and loving and present despite whatever may be happening in the most recent headlines that are designed to churn all my shit up? But have I done my own work? Have I integrated my awakening in my own personal experience? If I had to summarize what you've taught me, what you've shown me, who you've been in this, this conversation today, it's that. You've been through the darkest of the darkest in the human experience, and you're still choosing to radiate love and light. What an awakening, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. It, um, it reminded me of one of your uh, prior points you talked about, the things that triggered me, and it was really dark that I've shared with you. I've seen my family members argue with each other, seemingly like being mean to each other in, in being my, in my altered states. Mm. So, wow. Like, they wanted to have this experience of someone yeah. yelling at them and then for them to overcome that, to forgive and to still be themselves. Mm -hmm. And now looking back, wow, my kids do it so much faster than myself. A lot of the times, how incredible they get to practice and practice 
and yet they're showing up and and doing the work and be able to live in this, such a joyous place and be in the fully present with no emotional baggage that he did this to me last night or yesterday. Wow. Mm-hmm. They are, so in, in one perspective, like these kids, I need to teach them because they are fighting. They shouldn't be mean. But even that is in the human framework that on how life should be. Mm-hmm. On another mm-hmm. lens, it's like, wow. They are just living life, and I am trying to interrupt and and control how they are in their life experiences. If I control to, to to maybe use fear to say, if you guys are mean to each other, I'm gonna create even more meanness, like mm-hmm. bringing other threats to you. Then I believe that eventually, in the other later on in the years when they're not living within the same house or maybe when they're in the teenage years start to rebel, they're going to have that same experience that they came here in this lifetime to have anyway. Mm. Uh, And it's not to say that we, because a lot of the times I had this question, do we condone violence, even if it's verbal violence? No, it doesn't mean that you condone anything, but you just make sure that in that moment, whatever action you do, you're coming out of being present in mm. your loving self. Is that action, is that derived from fear or is that derived from love? Mm. If it's derived from love, you want to scold at them? Fantastic. If you're deriving that from fear that, that hey, maybe I need to be calm and I need to have a talk with them, but that energy of fear is what's driving it, you scolding them will probably have a better outcome because it's coming out of loving action versus like externally, oh, you're having a calm talk, but internally it's, it's driven out of fear. I hope that they don't become bad people and, and they're going to mm. become, yeah, destruction of other humanity. But mm. everything is just going to be okay. Just the whole surrender, a lot of the times we're mistaking as giving up. Mm. But it's actually listening and trusting grace. Mm. Trusting mm. that the path the universe is leading you to, mm. it's to your benefits that you find even greater joy, greater level of enjoyment of life, especially from the inside, more connected than ever. Mm. And I'm so glad that I got to connect with you on this uh, podcast and to your listeners as well. It's this connection that you tap it into. Mm. You don't know me, I don't know you, but is this connection going on this emotional roller coaster that you feel alive? Very often when I listen to Michelle, I don't even hear the, the words that you say, or at least I hear it, but it's just 10%. 90%, I just feel your energy that what you're going through is such a beautiful experience and that, that you share. And mm-hmm. I would imagine a lot of the listener is also resonating with your energy, your voice, and your journey. So thank you for being so open and, and vulnerable. If the, the more people that we share on this world, on, on our journey of, of vulnerability and just trust, the more that we get to walk each other home. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like um, this this podcast, this community, this sacred space that's has that's been created I it wasn't me it was just 
I was called to, to be a facilitator. But the podcast is really changing um, into such deep intimacy. And the way that you showed up today where you really bared your soul. Um, I didn't know what you were going to share. We didn't have anything planned. We were just going to flow. That's how we do. It's how we be in our friendship and our connections, the way that you serve in your household and in your community and how I try as well. But this is what I want to help to birth amongst humanity is something that I've shared with you in our private messages is you see me, you know me, you understand me. But part of that is because I share my soul with you. And you're not even caught up in the words. You probably don't even know 90% of what I've actually shared in terms of whatever it was. But you tune into vibration. And so I, I, I know you're right. I, well, I feel resonant with what you shared, that this is a vibrational movement. This is the new world frequency that's happening here. And the more that we can just share from our hearts, share in our vulnerability, which there's so much power there, share from a messy, I don't have it all figured out, intimate, deeply intimate um, place where we can trust ourselves to be heard and to be seen and to be known. That is how we change the world. And I have a question that I've been kind of asking a few people lately. And I want to ask you this as we begin to wrap, which of course I never want to wrap and I'm not going to wrap with you ever, but like on this podcast for honor of time. Um, I'm very curious as to what your response will be. How do you or do you even see any sort of way in which this thing that humanity is going through ends? Is there an outcome that you see in your mind? I'm very curious what your what your response would be to that question. I um, I don't spend too much time thinking about it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're watching a, a great movie. Do you? How much energy do you focus on? I wonder what's going to happen in the next scene, <laughs> as opposed to just enjoying or, or captivated by that present moment. The more that we try to anticipate what will be the ending or what's happening next, and naturally sometimes that especially is let's just say is a is a murder mystery movie. You say you start to think who's the killer? I wonder is it this person or that person? Naturally, there were times that it occurs. But the more that you focus on, I wonder is it is it this clue that will lead to this murderer or whatever, the more that you're losing away from this present moment. Mm-hmm. And there are many wonderful things for us to experience in this present moment Mm. that doesn't require extravagant things happening Mm. on the outside. Mm. I'm looking at a piece of paper right now. Not that there's Mm. anything wrong with it or or magical about the piece of paper. I'm just looking at a corner of a piece of paper. And in the present moment, I feel the divineness of of that artwork mm-hmm. just the corner like look at that straight line mm-hmm. and it has a bit of a, a wrinkle around it wow so when you're truly present mm-hmm. everything could be orgasmic wow 
mm-hmm. and you don't even want it to end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Believe me, I didn't get here from get here from day one. Like I remember, like going with Tony Robbins, um, all the way to India in a very private group after deep meditation for like I don't know an hour. They said, "Go outside and and just be. Don't talk to anyone. And just just observe." Mm-hmm. And I look look around. What am I supposed to do? Like do <laughs> and I look at, as other people start to come out of the room I, I wonder do other people know what they're doing as well or are they like me kind of lost mm-hmm. and after a few minutes hmm yeah I noticed some some leaves and and my surroundings that things I'm probably normally wouldn't notice mm-hmm. but am I doing this right mm-hmm. like, still very much doing mm-hmm. and um Tony Robbins and his uh, beautiful wife, Sage, was just standing right next to me. And I was looking around and they looked at me and they smiled at me. And I, I smiled back and it's almost like a polite exchange. Well, that was kind of cool, but what am I supposed to do? Like, look, I'm looking into the, the river, the lake. Hmm. Yeah. Again, like, uh, do other people know what they're doing? <laughs> and a few more minutes goes by. And I looked at them again, and, and again, they, they looked into my eyes, and they smiled at me. Ah, again, that's nice. And then Epiphany came. Maybe I'm supposed to just enjoy this moment. <laughs> like, because the, the, the feeling of them smiling at me and me smiling and changing my physiology, I started to feel better. Mm-hmm. And that better feeling was still lingering. Maybe I'm just supposed to enjoy this present moment. Mm-hmm. Whether it's looking at the smile or looking into the lake or looking into the leaves, what if part of our, our skill set that we're here to learn is just to enjoy every present moment mm-hmm. and not with effort, not from a doer's perspective, how do I achieve enjoyment, but mm-hmm. just slowly learning to be like a baby when we first came with our love the belief system indoctrinated into us the baby could just look at the hair and and with or without smile just in awe of the wonder that we could do looking at the cat looking at the surroundings of the room and just in awe with everything or a toddler just grabbing sand for the first time, falling down and getting back up. Wow, everything is just marveling at it. But slowly over time, that would be conditioned that we need to be successful. We need to, we need to be kind. We need to be this. We need to be that. We forget how to just be mm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so it is. And so it is. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful that I got to share you with my beautiful community, our community. Love you and I love to every single one of you that's listening on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I know that at times that it's like scary as F, but um, just know that you're not alone. and. Yes, keep tuning to the podcast and stay connected and stay, stay, keep spreading the love, keep spreading awareness. And um, yeah, 
we're all going to walk home together. Mm. Whether we're conscious or not, either way, we're going to be home. Everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to be more than okay. And uh, I look forward to each day of our journey before we arrive. Thank you. Awesome. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Fire and Soul. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. And if you'd like to connect on social, you can find me anywhere at Michelle Sorrow. Or if you'd like to reach out to me directly, you can at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.